In Amarillo, we just got done with a sermon series of the parables, and I was assigned the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So if you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 7, we'll start in verse 24. If you remember, Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. In that sermon, there are some highlights we think of, and that's the Lord's Prayer, and we think of the Beatitudes, and there's several parables uh, with lessons and words for us to live by, and in fact, this parable we're fixing to read is the conclusion to that Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 24. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So here we have two builders who chose two very different foundations. One chose the sand, one chose the rock. And what do you think about this morning whenever you think of sand? I think of the beach. And you know, the last time we went to the beach, we watched this family spend a great deal of their day, a great deal of time, on this sandcastle. And y'all all know what happened to that sandcastle at the end of the day. The tide rose and washed it away. And that's all sand is good for. It's good for being washed away, constantly moving, or being blown away by the wind. We saw that yesterday, didn't we? There was a lot of sand blowing around. And not something that we can build a foundation on. But you know, the second builder, maybe he was a little more intelligent. Maybe he had done this before. He chose to build his house on the rock. Let's turn over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, we're going to read verse 48. says, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. You know, this builder knew exactly what kind of foundation he wanted. He wanted something that would hold up and together the structure that was above it. Something that would insulate against the cold and keep out moisture. Something to resist the movement of the earth and the ground around it. A foundation that would last forever. And this guy, he dug deep. It said he wasn't lazy. You know, he worked hard at this. He could have easily plopped his structure on a piece of sand or dirt. It would have been easier, but he dug deep into the rock. And his hard work paid off, didn't it? It said, even with the stream arising, the storm beating vehemently on that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. What is your foundation built on this morning? And is it strong? Let's look at Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. It 
says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Jesus is the only firm foundation. And he's this precious cornerstone that we just read about in Isaiah. And if your hope and your faith and foundation is built on anything less, you are sure to fail. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 9. It says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved Yet so is through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Paul here is referring to the blessing and opportunity he was given to start that church there in Corinth. And he talks about how they are God's building. And the same thing can be said about you and I today. We are God's building and he has built us on Jesus, the firm foundation. And you know, God has a building plan for you and I in our lives today. And similarly, there are codes and standards that he has set for us. And in the construction industry, there's codes and standards that they've got to abide by whenever they're building residential or commercial buildings. Uh, one of these is, of course, smoke alarms. You have to have them in every bedroom of your house, not only hardwired in your home, but backed up by a battery to wake you up in the middle of the night if you start a fire. Uh, another one is GFCIs. That's ground fault circuit interrupters. That's what saves your kid whenever he decides to shove a fork in the outlet. Whenever that charge is detected, it cuts power to the outlet. Another code that's very common that is uh, cited on engineers all the time by inspectors is faulty beams. Whenever they assign a certain weight to beams that the beams simply cannot hold. And these are codes and standards that they must abide by. And their intention is to make our structures more sound and more safe for us to enjoy and to be inside. And God has codes and standards for you and I. And these codes aren't meant to be binding to us or restricting, but they're simply to make our lives better and more stable. And you know the individual who wakes up in a new world every day, who makes decisions based on his own feelings and what he feels like, that person's going to have trouble in his structure going down the road. 
You know, a character in the Bible, I think, of who abided by these codes that God has set for us in our lives is Job. Let's look at Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, we'll start in verse 1. It says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. This man had everything. Job had it all. He had a great big family. He had seven sons and three daughters. He had a great household. He had several thousand head of livestock. He was very wealthy. He said he was the greatest in all the east. Let's pick up in verse 14. It says, And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabians raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. This is a man who went from having everything to nothing in a moment's time. What do you think your reaction would be if after this morning service you went home, you pulled in your driveway, went down your road, and your house wasn't there? Your family was nowhere to be seen. All your assets that you worked for your whole life was all gone. What would your reaction be? I don't know what mine would be, but I can tell you in that moment's time, it would probably wouldn't be to worship God. I don't think that's where my head would be at all. But that's what Job's was. And you know, if anybody had an excuse to sin, wasn't it Job? He just went through one of the greatest tragedies we read of in scriptures, and he did it all without sinning. And I believe this was because he had, his foundation was built on Jesus Christ, the spiritual rock. The first example that kind of came to my mind of, of an individual in the Bible who maybe have, had a shaky foundation is that of Peter 
And you know, this is one of Jesus' chosen few. And we remember that he was kind of the guy for a while. In Matthew chapter, um, of course, earlier and before the crucifixion, we remember how uh, Jesus gathers his apostles around and he says, uh, you know, who do men say that I am? And he says, well, some say that you are uh, John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elisha or one of the other prophets. And he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter rises and says, well, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he was all around a very strong advocate for Christ. But what happens to Peter when he runs into trials? Let's look over to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, we'll start in verse 69. It says, Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath. He said, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word Jesus who had said to him before. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. So here we have Peter who is watching the early stages of Christ's crucifixion from afar. And a girl begins to take notice of him and approaches him and says, Hey, you were with Jesus of Galilee, weren't you? He says, No, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know who that is. And then another girl asking the same thing. You were with Jesus of Galilee. You know, I saw you with him. Then he promises this time, swears with an oath. He says, I promise I don't know who Jesus is. And now Peter has drawn attention to himself. Now he's got a crowd around him. And they begin to say, hey, your speech betrays you. You were with Jesus of Galilee. And then he begins to swear and to curse, saying, I know not the man. When not ten chapters earlier, he made the statement, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now he is denying the Lord out of fear. How many times do we do that in our lives? You know, maybe we don't do it with the words on our, the things that we say, but maybe by our actions. You know, maybe people can't even tell that we're Christians by the way that we live our lives. Maybe this morning we need to check our own foundations. We know that it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when we're going to have storms of life approach us, trials and temptations. How are we going to approach these? You know, are we going to be like Job? Will our reaction be to worship God? Or are we going to be like Peter? Are we going to deny the Savior with our actions and the things that we say? How will we react when our foundations are tested? Let's look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13.
It says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Whenever we are faced with these trials of life and temptations, he's going to make a way of escape. But in the meantime, how do we prepare? How do we get ready for that to come our way? How do we make sure our foundation is built on the rock? I think the answer can be found in our text. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 7. This time I'd like to start in verse 21. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. We are called to be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, these verses don't say one or two in that day are going to cry unto me, Lord, Lord. It says many will. Many will cry unto me, say, Lord, Lord, did we not go to church every Sunday? You know, Lord, Lord, did we not put enough money in the plate? Did we not visit the needy and the sick? said, yes, you may have done all those things, but behind closed doors, you had a secret life. You were doing other things. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We aren't called to be the the coined phrase that we say all the time, a Sunday morning Christian. That is not our call. Our call is to be a living sacrifice, to be a Christian seven days a week, 365. That is what our purpose is of being here. We have to be fully committed to Christ. Let's look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1, starting at verse 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, 
to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You know, when I was building this lesson, I read some commentary on these sets of verses we just read. And, and in that commentary, there was an example by C.S. Lewis. And he's got this theory on good pretending versus bad pretending. And he describes bad pretending as simply hypocrisy. It's being that Sunday morning only Christian that we talked about earlier. But he says good pretending can be described as this. You know, there's some folks who are having a bad morning and you can immediately tell. You know, it's, it's written all over their face, the way they carry themselves. You can tell they're having a bad morning. And, you know, I've got a sister that's like that. I have never once wondered what Jency was thinking. It's written all over her face. I, I always know. But he says on the other side of that coin, you know, there's folks that are having the same bad morning, but you can make yourself, you know, smile at somebody across the room. Maybe ask them how their day was. And slowly that bad morning turns into a really good day. And the same thing can be said about our Christian lives. You know, if we start to be more and more like Jesus, we will, we'll see ourselves become him slowly but surely more and more every day. And the same thing works that way. And that should be our goal, to strive to be like Christ. You know, uh, Branson spoke in Amarillo a couple weeks ago over the parable of the two sons. And, and we remember that parable where uh, the father approaches that first son and he says, you know, I need you to go labor for me in the fields. I need you to go work on the farm for me today. And that first son says, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. I, I've got other things to do. There's better things for me to do today. I'm not going to go labor on the farm. But then he goes home and he begins to, to think about the conversation with his dad. He gets, comes guilty, and then he goes and works anyway. And then he goes to the second son, and he says, son, I need you to go work on the farm for me today. I need you to go labor in my fields. And the second says, son says, sure, dad, I'll do it. I'll do it, but he doesn't. And then Jesus asked the question, he says, which one of these sons obeyed the will of the Father? And I'd like to read the end of that parable. Let's go to Rome, or Matthew chapter 21. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 21. I'd like to start in verse 31. It says, which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first, Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that the tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. Jesus says here, now y'all are, you know, the harlots and the tax collectors, they're like the first son. You know, they heard the word just like you did at first, and they didn't believe, but they eventually came too, and they said, they're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven before you. But you're like the second son. You heard the word, and you didn't believe, but you never did come through. You never did the will of the Father. Let's look at Romans chapter 2, verse 13.
For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. If we want to be just in the sight of God, we're going to have to be doers of the word and not, not hearers only. Just like we've read. You know, in conclusion, in the building in Amarillo, we've got several cracks that are in our walls, you know. And, and we have since about the first year we built it. We started having cracks in, in, in every room. Even, even the bathrooms got some cracks. And, and we've had several times, I think two or three at least, where we've had companies come out to come repair our foundation. And we've just struggled with it. And, and, you know, when I was putting together this lesson, I, I researched what the most common issue people have with their foundation is. And it is ignoring that you have a problem. It is looking at the cracks that you have in your walls. It's looking at your foundation and seeing that it's weak and not doing anything about it. And that's the worst thing that you can do this morning. It's leaving these doors knowing that you have a problem and not fixing it. Seeing these cracks in your foundation and, or walls and, and knowing that you've got a weak foundation and problems and not fixing it. It's not going to fix it on its own. What we need to do is we need to be like that first builder. We need to dig deep. We need to dig deep into the rock. Work hard at it. Make sure that our foundation is in Jesus Christ. And the way that we do that is we are doers of the word and not hearers only. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.